Praise God. We can cling to that and I give God the glory. All right. Take your Bible, please, this morning and turn into the book of Philippians. We're going one more time to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse number 12. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12. This is another I am of Paul. We've had several of them. And uh, we pray that God will add to it and touch us with as we study them together today. And uh, Paul wasn't bragging on himself when he was saying, I am. So I, I brag on myself sometimes when I say I am. I don't know about you. Don't need to, but I do catch myself off guard and do it. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Here's what Paul uh, has to say here as we look into the Word of God. We're going to start reading back at verse number 10 as we study this portion of Scripture. And Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know Him. Now he's talking about Jesus and the power of His resurrection. If He wasn't risen from the dead, we wouldn't have no power. Amen. And He wouldn't either. But I pray we got the power of His resurrection in our heart and mind. Then he said, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now we're conformed to him through that. And we suffer because he suffered uh, all the trials we have. Trials that you have will be for one or two things. Because God is bringing chastisement on you. Uh, He's trying to get your attention to wake you up. You understand what I'm saying? Because maybe you're headed in the wrong direction. Or he's doing it to strengthen you. And in all that, you get them. And we ought not to be so upset about the troubles and trials. I don't like them. But many of them have helped me. I'm saying right now, uh, some of the things I've gone through, had God not put them on me, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. I wouldn't be... As strong as I am in the Lord. And I'd be stronger if I'd have paid more attention to it. Verse 11 says, If by any means I might attain. Now I want you to look at that word attain. Just for a moment. Just keep it in your mind. We're going to be dealing with that just a little bit. Attain means to reach out for, climb up a little higher. uh, That we might grasp, we might get there. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And then we can grow in the grace and knowledge of God through that. Now, verse 12 said, Not as though I had already attained. You see why I said that word attain? We look at it. Paul said, I hadn't already got there. But he said, uh, I might, that I might attain. But he said, not as, I, as though I had already attained. In other words, not as though I've already got there. Either we're already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend. You see that? That for which also I, now here's the I am. I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He's apprehended. Amen. Now what's Paul mean this morning when he says, I am apprehended? And I want to read on and look at this other and kind of tie this together. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I hadn't already got there. I hadn't counted myself as where I need to be, where I ought to be. 
and got to the climax of this thing because Paul had in his mind, I'm not going to get that till I get to glory. But I could be better off than what I am. That's what he's trying to tell us here in these scriptures. We ought to apprehend, apprehend we ought to attain to get higher and go. I tell you right, uh, our problem in our life right now is we're not seeking more of God. We're seeking less of God. Average people in America right now, Christians, I'm talking about Christians, I'm not talking about the lost. They don't want God at all. Nothing. Zip. Nothing. Right? But believers should have a desire to have more of God, be closer to God, and be more like God than we've ever been. And every one of our days that we have upon the earth, we ought to be living to seek and apprehend, attain and apprehend. That's two good words to think on in your vocabulary this week. You already knew them, but keep them in mind. And he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. And here's why he's uh, been able to deal with this subject. Forgetting those things which are behind. That's a hard thing to do. Can you forget those things which are behind? Listen, we have a lot of reminiscing, sometimes too much reminiscing on things that we shouldn't be thinking on. Amen. We don't go back and reminisce on the great times. Sometimes we do, but most of the time, it's not the great things of life, it's the worst things. Which they try to bring us down further than where we are, and we can't apprehend or attain. You understand that? Here's what Paul is trying to get to us. I try to read in the scriptures, not trying to read in something that's not there, but read in what Paul really meant. Amen. Sometimes you're reading the Word of God and you say, well, he just, just like the rest of the preachers, he just kind of went over it and stretched and saying great swelling words. But that's not what he's doing. He has a message. And I don't want to, I want to get that message. Forgetting those things which are behind, and then the next thing is, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And there's where I was talking about a while ago. We need to get up every morning trying to see what we can do to attain and to apprehend. One thing that I notice in, in more and more as the days go by in my life, that every morning I get up when I pray, I want to seek the face. Lord, open doors for me today. To be able to speak to somebody about the Lord Jesus. I'm going to tell you, most Christians will not do that. And I'll tell you why they won't do that. It's because they don't know how to deal with people when they meet them. Now let me tell you something. You ought to pray God open doors. I found out. And here's what I spent for many of my years, even in preaching and pastoring and living for God. I... I wouldn't ask God to do that because I was afraid they are going to throw something on me that I couldn't answer. And many times they'd done it. And that's the reason I knew that. They'd come up with things. But it's when people bring things to your knowledge and ask you questions. And it's amazing. If you'll just be honest with God and use all the knowledge you know of the Bible, that's all you can do anyhow. You can't dig out deep things if you don't know deep things. And all you can do is use your testimony and what God has done for you. And until you get better light and more light and more wisdom of the Scriptures, you can't do no more than that, can you? Amen. They're going to ask you, have you ever been asked questions that you couldn't answer? 
Do you think there will ever be a time in this life while you're walking here that somebody can't ask you a question you can't answer? I don't think I'll ever get to the place that people surprise me. I just told you the other day, I run into somebody I'd never heard all this stuff before. I know he didn't get it out of the Bible, but I didn't know how to answer because I never heard of it. And I just, you know what I've done? I just trusted God, just trusted God. And it's amazing how God can bring things out that you don't even realize it touches them, but you can see that it does because they'll mention it. And so Paul is trying to get us this place. He's saying, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. What's before us? And we can talk about that this morning. Maybe we'll get time to do it. But there's a lot of things here that we need to cover as we look at it. And then in Paul, he comes up with that great uh, verse that most of us have uh, used many times in our lives. I've done it. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm running the race. And I'm not looking behind. I'm not looking to the side. But I'm pressing toward the mark. Now that's the place every child of God needs to be this morning. Pressing toward the mark. The first thing that you need to make sure in all these scriptures right here I'm reading is that you know that you are one of God's people. You can't detain and you can't apprehend if you don't know you're saved. If you don't know heaven's your home, you see, knowing your salvation, having the assurance of your salvation, and knowing that you're born again and not just changed over a new leaf, not just gone through a ritual of some sort, not just kind of done this or done that, uh, you know, through baptism and joining churches and all that, or turning over a new leaf, as I just mentioned, or just doing better. Maybe uh, some in this building may have just started doing better. I know a lot of people that's went to church uh, for the first time and then they quit doing a lot of things and they think it's habits that you got to quit and give up. Amen. I don't, I'm not, not into trying to teach people to give up habits until they get saved. Amen. When God saves them, you won't have as much trouble with habits. If they can't give them up then, it's a good indication they ain't been to Calvary. Not always, but many times. Take some people, sometimes Christians are hard-headed. I better change that. Most of the time, Christians are hard-headed. Amen. Amen, including myself. We're all hard-headed. Sometimes we're, uh, we th say we're, they say they're from Missouri because they have to be showed. Sometimes we feel like we're, Christians from Missouri, we have to be showed. God has to show us. And when he shows us, it gets rough. It does. It gets rough. Now, let's go back a minute and let's kind of dissect these scriptures and look at them from a, from a standpoint that will be good for us. Paul, he talked about something here about already being perfect in verse 12. Not as though I had already attained... Either were already perfect and got to the place. Now, perfect, uh, you know, we, we think that's, and people preach on perfection today. I don't know why they preach on perfection. I've never seen anybody that got perfected yet. I, I've met a few that thought they were close to it. And they've already convinced themselves that they have. 
I've never been able to convince myself that I'm perfect without sin. So this word perfect is not meaning uh, without sin. Paul had never got the place of complete maturity. In other words, when Paul died, he was still growing in grace. When you die, you'll still be, still be growing in grace. And to be amazed when you get to glory, you will be perfected. Amen. That's the reason I tell people, I said, I wonder if I know this and know that and they get to heaven. And I just want to say, look, 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 look. We'll be perfected in glory. We'll have a perfect body, a perfect mind, a perfect soul, a perfect heart. Amen. And uh, I hadn't read in my Bible where there's any seminaries or colleges or institutions in glory. Amen. And when I read my King James Bible, I've done read it enough, and somehow I missed it if it's there. I read that we're going to start in kindergarten when we get to heaven. I'm going to change my theology. But we're not going to do that. The Bible said we'll be known as we are known. In other words, we'll know each other as we're known. And I believe that means too as, as God wants us to be known. We we got a different life here than what we're going to have in glory. You said, what kind of life are we going to have in glory? A glorious life. You said, well, explain that. I can't. You know why? I had not been there. But I've read enough about it that I have not seen, ears not heard, neither in the heart of men what shall be. So I know it's a much better place than where I am now. Amen. Uh, I believe it's a more glorious place. There will be no devil. There will be no sin. There will be no flesh to contend with. So that right there will help you a whole lot, won't it? Just to know that. We'll be new creatures. Now, looking at this, he goes up to say in verse number uh, 11, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead... Now, in verse 10, he says, and I want to read this again because I read verse 11. I want to go back to verse 10 to show you what, what we're trying to get across to you that Paul said, that I may know him. The whole key to these first, well, verse 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14 is, and that's his subject, that I may know him. Is that what you want to do? Amen. I want to know him. Now the him here is the Lord Jesus. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul is somehow saying, I know him, but I'm not fully persuaded and got the whole thing about the power of his resurrection. And that's beyond my mind. Our minds can't comprehend the power of his resurrection. Uh, and I'll tell you how, we know, how, how that is. Has anybody ever seen anybody raise themselves from the dead in your lifetime? Amen. I know a few they tried to bury that wasn't dead or heard of them. Amen. But usually when you're dead, you're dead. That may be something that puts you in a coma and they, they can make mistakes. And But I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody... I mean, I ha I've looked at a lot of cemeteries driving down the road, but I have to this day 
see somebody get up out of the grave and come walking out of the graveyard. I see some walking through the graveyard look like they're ready for it, but not coming out of it. You understand? And I'm saying that Paul said, I don't know the power of his resurrection. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. If I knew him in the power of his resurrection, I don't believe there'd be any area whatsoever in your mind that you would ever doubt anything about God. We limit God. I know some of you say, I don't limit God. God can do anything. Yeah, I know that's easy said, isn't it? But do you really believe that when you have to put it to the test? Amen. I hope God does it sometime. You say, let's pray for this and pray for that. All right, we do, and that's good, and we should. But the thing about it is, are we really positive that God is going to do it? Faith will tell us that. The reason we want somebody else to pray for us in here is because we got a little doubt about it. Amen. If I had enough faith to believe today like I ought to and I pray, God, Lord, I want you to do this, I wouldn't even mention the Lord going about my business because I know it's going to be done. But how many of y'all ever doubt when you pray? You don't have to answer all that. I, I already answered it for you. I know you got the same old human flesh that I've got. And human flesh will not put any confidence in the Lord Jesus. He said, the Bible said not to put any confidence in the flesh. But the Lord's not flesh. Amen. He's, he, amen. He's in heaven. He had flesh here, but not now. Somebody said, what kind of bodies he got? That's another subject. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Now that's what Paul is trying to get at. That I may know him. I want to really know him. Do you think Paul knew God? Do you not think he knew Christ? I do. I believe he knew him. But I don't believe he knew him to the fullest. I believe he was learning every day. I believe I know Christ today. But I don't know him in the power of his wrath. I don't know all the potential that's in him. If I did, I wouldn't doubt for one thing. Wouldn't wonder about nothing. I'd trust him with everything. I'd lean on him, not my own understanding. Amen. I'd just commit everything. How many times do you pray and commit things to God and then pick it up and take it back with you when you quit praying? Amen. You pray and then you say, I hope God does that. I've been praying. I look, I've been praying God do this. Well, if you've been praying, if you believed him, you don't have to pray. I mean, I know we ought to pray, but if you do, the second time you pray about the situation, you said, Lord, I know you're going to do it. I just don't know when. I'm just waiting on you. Or you understand, I'm giving you some practical things that will help you in your personal life. Amen. I, uh, you know... These people, you can ask people to do things and uh, you can try to figure out what they'll do. Now, let me just give you what the words apprehended mean or apprehend to a certain degree. I want you to look at this and uh, see what the Lord has to say through these words. The word apprehended means uh, simply captured. In other words, Paul is wanting to capture something. And he's told us up here that he's already been apprehended. I am apprehended. That means he's been caught. Now these are words that are important. Uh, apprehended means captured, caught, 
arrested. Amen. And I'm not talking about for something wrong. Just arrested means they've taken hold of you. And the Lord's done that to you and me. That word means seized, detained, and even means imprisoned. Now, where's that fit in with this apprehended? Look down at the, at the verse. We're going to come back to some of these others in just a minute. But I want to look at verse 13. Brethren, I count not my... Well, let's see. Verse number 12. Now, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is referring back to what's happened to him. He got apprehended. That's why he said, I'm apprehended. He said, I am apprehended. Here in verse number 12, I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Christ apprehended him. Now he's wanting to turn that and apprehend Christ. When he, when he saved you, he apprehended you. When he preached through the message of the Word of God and the Word of God convicted you of your sin and made you see that you're a lost sinner on your way to hell, it was the Holy Spirit that apprehended you. If I hadn't got apprehended, I'd never got saved. If I'd have never got convicted, I'd never got saved. If the Lord had never caught me, I'd still been on the run. He seized me. He arrested me. He detained me. And no wonder Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. You got that? He became a prisoner. Amen. He got uh, imprisoned by the Lord. And the Lord touched him. And so we see that. So what's going on here is the fact that Christ apprehended him now he wants to apprehend Christ. And I keep this in mind. I keep reading it every time I turn around in front of you this morning. Verse 10. The thought of these verses is that I may know him. That I may know him. That ought to be my desire. That should be your desire. When I get up in the morning, my desire is to know, know him. Not know about him. Not know of him. Amen. Know more about him. That ain't what it said. That I may know him. Know him means a personal uh, personal relationship with the Son of God. An intimate relationship, if you will, with the Son of God. Amen. I sit over there at the house sometimes read my scriptures, and while I'm reading them, I get in, I don't get in, a, I'm, not, I'm not one to have dreams or, uh, or trances or any of that nature, but I do do some meditation. I read a verse of scripture and meditate on it, and I'll sit and meditate on it, I close my eyes, I'm sitting there, and I meditate, and it's, a, it's amazing that what God can take the scriptures through meditation and bring you to a place that you can just put yourself with the Lord and enjoy the fellowship of the Lord. That's right. You said, I don't know nothing about that. Try it. All you got to do is just 
Get your mind thinking on the Lord. Turn everything off. Run the cat out. Amen. Hide the dog. Turn the phone off. And just think on God. Get your verse of scripture. Uh, many of them in there. Lord help me here. I learn a lot. In two places. Driving down the road. And sitting meditating. I, well, I, I learn a lot through studying the scriptures too. And reading it. And uh, I've, I, I try my best to read the Bible. Straight through. And at least a couple of times a year, and I done got mine up this time. Now, I'm, what I'm trying to do is go back and... Uh, reading straight through don't do for me what studying certain portions do. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Some of you can start at Genesis and finish up in Revelation. And when you get through, you picked up, you remember something over yonder and something over yonder and something over yonder, a little spot. But if, if you'll be honest with yourself, you don't know too much about what went on with any of them instances. You may pick up a little bit more next time you read it. It'll stay with you, but you can't tell the whole thing. But now when you go over there and pick up one of them instances you read of and start reading it verse by verse and start digging out things that's in that, the next thing you know, that thing got bigger and you thought, I didn't realize that that one little old chapter had so much in it. Or them five little verses is so tremendous. You didn't get that reading straight through. So I believe you ought to read it straight through to know all about it. To get an overall bird's eye view of the scriptures. But if you're trying to figure out how many times you can read it in one year, uh, unless you've got a purpose for that, you may. But I've never seen that. I, I, I always read it straight through. And I have a daily Bible reading. I do. Even somebody said you read a little bit in the Old Testament, a little in the New Testament. I found that better, best thing to me, just read it straight through. Amen. But don't do that constant over and over and over. Uh, you know what happens? You get your mind in little areas. But what we want to do is learn the Scriptures. And that's what Paul's doing now. And as we're showing me here this, that I may know Him. Not know about Him. I know some about Him. I know a lot on certain things about him. I know what he's done. I know where he's been. I know what he's doing now. I know where he's at. But that's all good. We need to know all that. That's doctrine. But I want to know him. Amen. Now you can't know somebody unless you're around them all the time. Unless you're close to them. Amen. I seen Miss Sue L. Grimm back there, and she knows uh, her and Jim, they knew each other, didn't you? Amen. You know about what he thought and what he didn't think, and what, what you didn't know about it, he told you. You understand? And that's the same thing with the Lord. The Lord, we want to, and, and, and the reason she knows about Jim, she's with him all the time. That was, that was her life. And, Jesus, just like a husband and wife, they're your life. And uh, so you, you know more about your husband and your wife than you do anybody else. At least I hope so. Don't. I need to do some preaching in that area. But I'm telling you, uh, we know Christ. I know more about Christ than I do Buddha. Don't care about Buddha. I want to know him because Buddha hadn't helped me. Amen. I had never met him. 
And I'll never get to meet him. But I've met Christ. And I have a continual relationship with him. Praise God. Gets deeper as we look at this, don't it? Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He wants to know him and the power of Christ. The power of his resurrection. There wouldn't be no power for no resurrection. He's the only person who has ever walked out of the grave on his own power. He's not the only one that ever walked out of the grave, but he's the only one that's ever walked out on his own power. Amen. God hath raised him from the dead, and he uh, and God are the same. All right. And then he goes on to say that if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, uh, he's he's looking a little bit forward. He's telling us on down below to do that. Now he's telling us that he's doing it here in verse 11. And said, not as though I had already attained, amen, either were already perfect, but I follow after. I follow after. That's, that's a key. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He found me. Ever heard people say, I found Christ? Amen. I went to church and I found the Lord. Amen. If you've ever said that, don't say it again. Unless that's actually happened. You may have stumbled up on the Lord and what you got ain't real. Amen. The Lord found me. When I was looking, I was not looking for the Lord when He found me. I went to church. There's a little boy sat on in the pew. Matter of fact, I've been there a time or two and I was hiding. I hated to see preaching time come. I was just a young boy. I, and I'd sit in them revival meetings. And them old preachers would come in them revivals and they'd walk up and down the aisle and they'd preach and that power, you could feel them. I was just a boy, didn't know God. But I know there was something on that fella and with that fella preaching, it scared me. It was, have you ever got around the presence? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're saved, you know this if you ever get around the presence of evil. And here's a good little indication to tell you something about your salvation. If you ever get around people that's full of God, and it begins to witness with your soul, and you begin to feel what they feel, and you begin to grasp... That's a good indication you've been to Calvary. But it's also an indication you, you know God if you stepped out to the side and all of a sudden you feel an evil presence. You understand? It's because the Spirit of God's showing you that. Now, that's why today when you talk to people about the Lord and want to get them saved and want to bring them to the house of God, They'll say, I'm not interested in that. Just heard a fellow say he went witness to a couple and he stood there and he said, this woman and son was coming to this church and he thought if he'd go to their home, he might catch the husband and see if she, he could win him to the Lord. And he said he went to the house and he talked to the they was all there and they talked to the lady and talked to the boy and they was enjoying it. And then 
he looked over to me and he said, what do you think? Do you know the Lord? And he said, I'm not into that stuff. Now, why would somebody say that? It's because they're not into God. It's not the Spirit of God. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. So I was like that little boy, uh, like him, as a little old boy, I sat on the pew. I wasn't into that stuff. But God apprehended me. He knocked on my heart's door. I didn't knock on heaven's door. I heard people say, I went to church to get saved. Well, they had to be under conviction if they got it. And that has happened. People have got under conviction, went to church to get saved, find somebody. So I'm trying to tell you this morning that uh, we got apprehended. The Lord found us. We didn't find him. I didn't find the Lord. He found me. He came where I was. He came on his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He came into the world to do one thing. Seek and to save that which was lost. And when you're lost, you're blind. You can't see Christ. So he opens up blinded eyes and drops the scales. Fear your eyes. Amen. Matter of fact, Paul didn't... He didn't, he didn't uh, uh, get saved. He's, I mean, didn't, get, didn't decide to take up the Lord. I'll get it out in a minute. The Lord came to him on the road to Damascus. See what I'm saying? And uh, you've got to watch what people say. they got all kinds of... And I listen to what people say about their salvation. They say they got baptized and never mentioned the Lord Jesus moved in their heart. I say they got deceived. Amen. Because they're still trusting baptism. Amen. I'm not trusting baptism. I'm trusting salvation. Heads bowed. Our time's caught us. We'll catch another one of these next week. I pray God will help us. Father, we thank you this morning that we have the privilege of prayer and calling on your name. Touch our service today. Every song we sing, every prayer we pray. Every word that's spoken today, I pray it be spoken through the power of a resurrected Christ. And Father, that we might today see the drawing power of the Holy Ghost. God, that you might strengthen and encourage. Encourage your people. Lord, put a shout in their soul. And God, that is lost. I pray, God, you put conviction in their heart. And this may be a day, God, that somebody call upon your name. we we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.